0: Hello, welcome to DadPod. This is uh, Charlie Clausen, and I'm Osher Ginsberg, and, and this is Wolfgang. We're doing, uh, we're doing, we're doing DadPod back to back. Uh, we're we're stealing whatever time we can before yes. we're both actual fathers. I am a father in waiting. Osher is a brand new father, and uh, I had never got to introduce the pod before. That's exciting.
1: <laughs> cool. I'm glad. It's an honor to have your voice uh, introducing a podcast that, that I'm on. If you joined us last time, I was bragging to Charlie about how awesome I was at nappy changing mm. and how I'd figured out this technique to avoid. You're doing on? Yeah, yeah. Didn't happen this time? Not at all. Ah. I sneakily went and had to put the change table cover back in the soap pile because uh, my little fireman here just uh, waited for the right moment really and just aimed between both uh, the, the wet wipe that I was using and the nappy that I was also using and managed to pee all over the change mat, the change table and just a little bit on the floor. Oh, he's really
0: enjoying that bottle. You can hear that Wolfie is suckling at the moment. He's being bottle fed and he's just a little grunt of approval with each gulp.
1: Mate, I know you're a man that doesn't mind the gymnasium and I mm-hmm. know occasionally you'll be at the gym and go, gee, that bloke over there, he's a lot bigger than he used to be. I tell you, the gains this little fellow's putting <laughs> on, he's, he's put on like 5% body weight. Do you reckon Asada need to come down and test him? I reckon he does. I reckon he's got something <laughs> to do with these shakes that he's on. Yeah, right. You know, he's, 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 he's <laughs> really... breast a, milk shakes. There's a lot going on in here. <laughs> this is really... All the hormones are happening. It's all firing on. So do you... I mean, uh, the, how
0: often... Are they measuring him like within the first sort of month of a baby being born? Like, do they are they are they measuring him? Do the yeah. midwives,
1: care? Okay. Yeah. So they measure him the moment he comes out, right? So like within five ten minutes of them, you know, coming out into the world, they 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 weigh them, and then they lose weight for a couple of days because they're basically going off the chub. That they have because the breast milk's not coming through yet, so yeah. the first thing that comes out is colostrum, which is yeah. a, it's extraordinary the, how colostrumism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it's bet- one thing I do know, as we've established on <laughs> this podcast, I know nothing. Asha knows everything. <laughs> Between well, I, all I know is off Audrey because she's done it before. It's extraordinary how her body gives the baby and her body changes what it gives the baby in the breast milk over what you know Wolfie needs and the signals that he sends her and the signals that she sends him. Like I swear, mate, he will start doing that mouth that I showed you before yeah. and I'll look across the room and Audrey will be like, oh, my boobs hurt. Yeah, that's like the weird. timing that, that, is amazing. That
0: psychic uh, connection that boobs and babies have. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Like I've had a friend's of mine tell me that like, you know, they've, uh, milk has shot out of their breasts at the sound of a baby yep. crying.
1: And it's like, isn't that amazing? What it is really that connection? Is. Their timing is impeccable between the two of them. I'll bet right now, Audrey's at a 40th right now. I'll bet right now she's like, oh, I've got to get home. My boobs are hurting. So they, weigh, <laughs> they lose a bunch of weight um, for a couple of days and then they weigh them at 72 hours and it's normal to lose up to 10% wow. of body weight. Wow. Uh, So don't freak out. Yeah. And then they start to... Get that baby on the cover of NW. Pretty much. And then... (laughs) I lost 10% of my body weight in two days. Four days. And then the idea is they're back up within a week. They're back to birth weight. And they put on, you know, about 150 grams, 300 grams. Do you
0: worry that uh, inside Wolfie's head is the voice of Bruce Willis?
1: You're quoting him. Uh Look Who's Talking, I think, was the yeah, movie. Yes, um, yes, I do. In fact, I look forward to it, but it's not that Bruce Willis. It's John McClane. Yeah, It's John McClane yeah. who's saying, how, be, can the shit ha- ha- how can the same shit happen to the same, same guy twice? twice. <laughs> same baby. Yeah, he, do, he
0: does have the voice of Bruce Willis. It's just Bruce Willis from Die Hard. What's that? Now you have a machine gun? Yeah. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: exactly right.
0: It is funny, though, like how... You know, I mean you've you've had dogs before you had a baby and you know, I have a dog as well. And you know, you create that inner monologue for them in the story. Like it yeah. does oh look at that. So you can't see this at all. That's home. milk drunk right there. But he is so milk drunk, he is totally blissed
1: out yeah, on yeah. some milk. It's Audrey Griffin's super secret Boob sleeping potion. Yeah, that she gives him. Oh
0: man, so, yeah. he's, uh, so what happens now? Does he go to sleep? Well, after I'm going that? to
1: swaddle him. I'm going to burp him a bit because otherwise he doesn't settle.
0: Yeah, uh, he doesn't settle too well. So look
1: at that face he's making. Oh yeah, man. Well, you'd make that face <laughs> too if you just. Like scald a bottle of milk. Like think of the, the best meal you've ever had. Like yeah. one design. Like imagine if the protein shakes that you drink were perfectly formulated for exactly what you need. Yeah. With all the antibodies, all the nutrients, everything perfectly for your body at the exact stage of growth you're at. You'd be like, that's the greatest
0: thing ever. And Wolfie's got a lot of hair. You've intended to style it into kind of
1: like mohawks or anything yet? No, we're not. Not just yet, but I don't think that will be far away. I but, mean, it's that's a good head of yeah. He came out. He's his father's son. Yeah. He came out with the money maker. Ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When we were lining this up, I was quite, you know, worried Sorry. that you hadn't got everything together. Organised. We're, we're, we're days out from you bringing your baby girl into the world. Yes. Do you have all of the things?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Don't have an expresso yet or the milk warmer. I was just watching you warming up milk going, oh, I don't have that yet. But pretty much everything else, I still find those baby shops bloody overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, they are. And so we went to one of those baby shops. When we got back from uh, Adelaide, we did a big baby shop tour. Which one was- did
1: you go to? Because they're, they're essentially hardware stores for babies. That's okay. so full on. They really are. Some of them are like the the little corner hardware store remember the one that used to be on Hall Street in Bondi and there were small blokes with aprons who would oh yeah it's just down the back here yeah, let me dust yeah. that off then there's like the Bunnings like no, mega they, mart this
0: is a mega one we oh. went to a shopping centre as a mega one but it's also because the, the clientele are all parents and parents to be there is an anxiety oh. and a sleep deprivation amongst yeah. all clientele yeah. which makes the, the lineups very crotchety Oh, yeah. <laughs> like right. people, because we had, we, we had a lot of stuff to buy and I yeah. think there was people annoyed because it was taking them a long time yeah. to put all our stuff through the checkout because we were getting like all the last-minute things we hadn't got. But I think we're pretty well
1: yeah.
0: sorted for what we need.
1: What, what, did, you, what
0: did you pick up? Uh, so that last run we got the uh, baby monitor, yeah. um, change table, yeah. change mat, uh, snuggle bed, yep. diaper bin, and I think a couple of um, wraps. Yeah?
1: Yeah. You he, get hate to them. We've gone to the store, I don't know how many times, like all the Bonds onesies in the world. <laughs> we have all the Bonds ones in the world. And oh, you know what, Charlie? Yeah, <laughs> hold the baby. Thank you. There right, right, we go. Hey so Charlie's back. got Wolfgang. I'm just going to fill up this bottle.
0: I'm holding Wolfie. How is it? He
1: You're
0: doesn't right? seem, oh no, he seems all right. I was going to say it doesn't seem that impressed, but he's, he's, he's hanging in there.
1: Uh, I know. He might be a bit higher, oh,
0: Oh yeah. you're a natural mate, look at you. Yeah. Just make that cook to the bicep. Just <laughs> put the bicep in the back of their head.
1: <laughs> this breast uh expression system that you see before you, this was given to us. But what was given to us was every piece of breast pumping that somebody had right so there were three separate systems that showed up because i had two kids oh uh, yeah it so it's a, a mix and match and right? uh, yeah it was just oh, like so just confusing give them that box i was like oh, i had to sit here i was downloading manuals oh, and i was no. trying to figure out i had to put it all apart It was, That's <laughs> I was like charlie's always standing in philadelphia trying to figure out which <laughs> bit connects to what <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we got it yeah I'm, it's good that they're asking you to go around to their house because we have so many baby clothes just that, dumped yeah. yeah 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 it's like there's, like, Vinny's on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We Which ended- I'm grateful. Don't get me wrong, Charlie. I'm grateful. But yeah, of course. he's not going to wear all of them, you know.
0: No, no. And it'd be better to select what you need because we have a, quite a few clothes of stuff that was bought for us, stuff mm-hmm. that we purchased ourselves. So, and, you know, Gemma has a certain aesthetic. Like, even, even right. at this stage, Gemma has a certain aesthetic.
1: There's certain things she wants our child to wear. <laughs> I was, like, really concerned about what bringing a kid into this relationship would do to... Audrey's relationship to Georgia mm. and both Audrey and Georgia Georgia had been leading it has been just incredible mm. been so 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 lucky because it could have gone either way man it really could have been but she's so Audrey's instilled her so much with a sense of that of, of assuredness that you know you always, you'll always be Number one, you'll always be my first kid. You'll always be yeah. who you I, are to me. Well, I think, too, by the time,
0: you know, I mean, George is basically, well, she's a young woman now. Like, yeah, I think yeah. it would be maybe more of a, an issue for a kid who's maybe under 10 or something mm. like that where you're still very dependent on your parents. But, you know, yeah. she's got her own life and she's starting to make her own way in the world, so yeah. there's probably going to be less sort of jealousy
1: around that. We had, we had, Sorry, we had some friends come and visit this morning before you got here and they've got um, kids who are like eight and five and their mum was holding Wolfie and just going oh I miss it so much and the youngest got up in her shoulder and I'm like I want you to put the baby down now oh really yeah because it was like come jealous. on like you know when your dog sees you pat another dog and yeah. it, like my my dogs go "Yeah, you touch jealous. the dog yeah. yeah similarly this kid was, felt it
0: well that's actually something we were going to talk about in the last episode we might as well bring it up now yes. dogs and babies because I have been wondering about this because Gemma and I have had our dog Junior I mean his name's Junior that gives you some indication of where he ranks in our family he is the third Member of our family, and he's about to get a rude shock because at the moment he gets all the attention, all the affection, <laughs> the pride of place on the couch. Yeah, and he's about to have his world up, turned upside yeah. down. So how's it been for you guys?
1: Well, Abby, uh, who I used to work with, Abby who married Audrey and I, said to me, she goes, "Oh yeah, your dogs become dogs when you have kids. Ah. Yeah." And here in Australia, in New South Wales, at least where we are, we you get a visit from a nurse who can come to your house and just, you know, basically just check in with you. They're from the hospital and then just to make sure that everything's good, they kind of get eyes on you both and see how you're coping and make sure the place isn't on fire and, you know, it's actually I'm really grateful that they, they came around and they weighed in and da-da-da. But during the questioning of, like, is there any, you know, you know, obviously they're very sensitive, is there any religious practices that we need to be aware of, do we need to take our shoes off when we come in, all kind of stuff. And I said, oh, well, there are two dogs. Okay, great. They brought... Not a pamphlet, uh, not a leaflet, not a not a newsletter. They brought essentially a small publication of what to do now you've brought a baby home to a house with dogs. Like it's that much of a problem. The government right. has created a a booklet. Because it's obviously such a a problem because little kids are getting admitted to hospital with dog bites Mm. because, you know, they do things like grab the dog's toy and people have kids later now so the dogs have been around for, as Junior's case, a while and the dog's like, who is this? What is this creature now in my home taking over my territory at my level? (laughs) But is there
0: a level of, um, I mean, I've always thought that maybe, you know, the dog can like smell the DNA, they know it's part of the pack. I mean, is there a level of that where they get protective or they understand like instinctively? Well, I mean, I always felt like with Junior, when my mum was um, ill, I would take Junior down to Melbourne to visit her. Yeah. And the way he behaved with her, like it was one, well, you know, because you, you hear about that like in nursing homes, there's certain dogs and stuff, the therapy dogs, and that yeah. will go around and provide comfort and all that kind of stuff. And I felt like that's what he was doing. Like yeah. he didn't really know my mother. Like she hasn't been around in the raising of him. But there was yeah. some kind of instinctive behavior and I always wondered maybe it's because we shared the same DNA that maybe, maybe she smelt like part of his pack
1: well this is possibly the case but with older people perhaps, but when he came home, because he moves in a weird way Mm. and he smells really weird. Mm. And the other thing is that Audrey smells completely different. Her hormones, because she's bringing breast milk, her hormones, her estrogen is at a completely different level. She smells completely different. Like as far as a dog's concerned, who are you? And she smells like breast milk. So who is this person in the house? Yeah, it's like, we don't know you. And the baby smells weird. There's different poo and pee smells in the house. Uh, you know, and so the dogs had a tough time. Huh. But Frank particularly had a tough time. Frank the Cavoodle. He really did, he wasn't into it. So particularly when you pick him up and then so there's your regular shape but now there's an extra set of arms and legs coming out halfway up your body and mm. they look up at you and they're like, "What? what's that? And they freaked out. He freaked out when he's on the change table. When his little legs kick over the edge of the change table, Frank was losing it. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't think I have to worry about the junior because he's at an age now where his eyes <laughs> – his eyesight and his hearing is not great right like i mean all the baby will have to be right in front of him to for him to really pick up that there's right someone then. else there so you should be okay i think you should be okay but i am interested in that we did uh, in the calm birth that's one of the questions i asked because i yeah. think a lot of the people yeah. in that session had dogs
1: and well, well, our like, country has the most dogs per people most pets per people than anyone in the world is that right 64 yeah, pet ownership in australia well how do you know that <laughs> It's one of those stats. Just no shit. Yeah, breakfast radio stat. Well, once you become a dad, I think you just start to just know, just know stuff. Yeah, just know bad stuff. jokes and just stats. Know stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it is interesting because I've heard people, parents, actual parents, get annoyed when someone would describe their dog as like being part of the family or it's a t- nah. or practice kid or whatever. And I'm like, well, I mean, let's not be like too judgmental on people. Like, for some people who can't have kids or who choose not to have kids, then pets are a great alternative. And I think that pets do engender a sense of compassion and they do provide a sort of training like you, in terms of like having to take responsibility for something else yeah. or put your attention outside of yourself are
1: you afraid of poo that's not your own
0: yeah sure you can't like leave your kid out in the backyard when you go out for 6 or 7 hours but no. i do think there is a correlation so For someone to think of their dog or their cat like a family member and then have to sort of work out how to acclimatise it together makes complete sense to me. But I was just more wondering if there was a like instinctive reaction to – because the way we view Junior is like he sees us as a pack, and yes. he's the leader of the pack, yeah, right. and Gemma's is the second in command, and I rank somewhere down, like, oh, the, like the back okay. of the pack.
1: He's a Jack Russell, isn't he's he? He's a Jack Russell. Yeah. You know that's
0: how he views this. He's like mm. this is my pack. I've got to make sure that they're fed. I've got to make sure that they're safe. So then, when we bring this like little defenseless one back, will he instinctively go like, oh, "Okay, well, he's a small one and
1: needs my protection," or will he be like, "Wait a minute,
0: <laughs> what? Wait a minute." There's a competitor for my affections. I think
1: it might be the, the, ladder, the ladder. Right. The ladder. I'll I'll pass you the pamphlet. it's not a pamphlet, it's a book. And a as book. A, as we it's a book. And as we know, anything that does with the government, you know, there were meetings and there was approval yeah. processes. Like there's obviously such a big problem well, my with dog was bites a, on kids. My dog
0: like, was a dentist, and I remember like one of the horror stories hearing when I was a kid was of a kid who got his face into the dog's food bowl oh. and, you know, the reconstructive surgery that kid had to go through, and which makes complete sense. Because the dog
1: went, that's mine. That's
0: mine. Well, you don't, yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't get in between a, a dog and food.
1: When Georgia, who's now tall and both of us, when Georgia was little, just toddling around like one and a half, two, Audrey had a Rottweiler. Oh, my God. A massive Rottweiler called Jordan, who weighed <laughs> 65 kilos. Right. Jordan was huge. Now, uh, Rottweilers are sheepdogs. And are they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. And so... Georgia, like, would... what they kill? Sheep? No, <laughs> I no, can't they, imagine they, a Romila like them. chasing and herding. Oh. They heard them, and Italian, yeah, and so Georgia would toddle off out in the backyard and just go and kind of do stuff where well, they had a nature reserve near their old place at out at picnic point in western sydney right and they would be out in the nature reserve just with a you know with a blanket you know having a snack and georgia would toddle off and go and do something and jordan would just go and just basically herd her back just keep her on one hand one side and just nudge her nudge her nudge her nudge her yeah. until she was heading back in audrey's direction and she would do that he would do that all the time, all yeah, the time. my
0: mum's dog when she was a kid when she would go swimming, the dog would bring her back in, like that's grab her by the bathing suit so and bring her cool. back to shore. That's so cool. Which is kind of, you know, <laughs> that's what you want, as opposed to the <laughs> don't go stick your face in my food bowl. You want the dog that's going to yeah. be like shepherding you.
1: I would say to you very early on in the first like maybe 24 to 36 hours, whoever's visiting, give them a swaddle, a wrap, that you've been using on the baby and things like that and get them to take it back to the dog because you'll be in the hospital with Jem. The two of you will be there for about four days. They generally like to make sure that you stay in there so you can get confident with seeding the, the feeding signs, knowing mm. you know what to look for, getting used to the timing of it all. all that Is that when you learn all the like the burping holds? Yeah, and stuff? yeah I, I learned the burping hold for mother-in-law, right? Um, but the swaddling, I got taught in the in, in the hospital. hospital in yeah. the, in the room. I videoed the midwife doing his first ever swaddle, right? And uh, that's the swaddle I do. Yeah, so th- make sure you send those those sheets back because it's the smell. It's all about the smell. Yeah, and you just never ever leave the dog and the baby unsupervised. Oh, know? what?
0: Yeah, oh, th- we're planning to go away for the first week. <laughs> 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 We're just going to leave that two bowls of food, one for the baby and one for the dog, That'll right? that fine. Isn't that the way it works?
1: Uh, totally fine. It'll yeah. be great. Uh, <laughs> I've seen Disney movies. The dog will call the ambulance if anything goes wrong. Uh, have you got a baby, Bjorn? Oh, yeah, we do. Well, the Ergo Baby. It's the basic Same, carrier. Yeah. It looks like a backpack, but you put a that's baby the, in it.
0: That's what I'm most excited about. Yeah, it's on. awesome. When we got one of those, at the baby shower's wrapped because I think that's the – every time I see – a dad with a baby in one of those, I'm like, oh, that's gonna be me. That's the one that I'm most looking forward to putting on.
1: And in fact, when we spoke to Merrick on the show a couple of weeks ago, that's what he recommended. And it's really good because right after this, Wolf's gonna Wolf's probably gonna have a sleep. But for the first couple of weeks, they are not interested in sleeping in a crib. Not right. interested in sleeping on a bassinet. They just wanna be on you. Oh, They're yeah. like anchor man, they just wanna be on you. <laughs> they will not he won't like it's, we're lucky if he settles in the crib. He will only fall asleep if he's honest. And so, what's his sleeping patterns like? It's basically sleep, wake, nappy change, feed, and then. Sleep. And That's about, how, about two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. So, he'll sleep anywhere from. And is it regular? Like, is it. Depends. He'll sleep anywhere from two to three hours. He slept for three hours before. Right. And as a result, my left hand hurts a lot because I've. Holding, you know, it's like a survivor immunity challenge yeah, towards yeah, the end. Holding the, yeah, yeah. yeah, basically, I'm holding this. It's only, you know, the of polio is be like, it's five percent of your body weight, but you've been doing it for three hours. How long can you hold on? It's like a long time, JLP, a long time. But yeah, he's like probably four and a half kilos by now. Yeah, but holding that for three hours on your left wrist after a while, you're like, oh, this starting to hurt but if then if you move it, but that's it, that classic thing it happened the other night i'm on the couch because he, he doesn't want to sleep in the crib he doesn't want to sleep anywhere except on me and so he finally falls asleep after we, we battled with bottles for about two hours and then he finally fed and then when he got to sleep i'm like on the couch but like i needed to pee before i started feeding him and this is now two hours later and he's finally sleeping right. i haven't made dinner i haven't walked the dogs i haven't but like Okay, I'm just going to stay here. I'm going to not move because he's now finally asleep. Yeah, yeah. And because if I don't sleep him now, then he'll be up even later. And then when Audrey comes home and she's tired, hopefully, you know, the timing would be like that he could sleep and then everyone could sleep for about two hours and then Audrey would get up again, but it wouldn't have been the case. So I just sat on the couch with this baby on my chest. He's deliciously weighted. The weight, the feeling of him asleep on your chest is just the greatest ever. Mm. But. Yeah, make sure you pee before you feed him and make sure you walk the dogs before you feed him. <laughs> because, because otherwise Once I, he's fed, you, you just yeah. oh, There was one. Good boy. Good boy. Good regurgitation there. Nice one, mate. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. That's really good. How did you go with your obstetrician? You got one? Uh,
0: we know. We don't, because we're going public. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. No, we were going to go, we we checked out all the options, but we really liked the hospital that we're going to and the midwives there. And so we yeah. just thought that, you know, public seemed like a good option. Yeah.
1: In that hospital, the good coffee is the one downstairs. There is a, like, a franchise. I'm coffee. not a coffee snob like you <sighs> are. So. Even so. Don't.
0: I'm glad actually that because I was going to offer to bring a coffee around but then I forgot as soon as I got here and then I saw your machine, I'm like, oh, no, I couldn't have offered to bring you a coffee. Uh,
1: but downstairs they're pretty good because um, I was able to go down there quite early in the morning and say, I need banana bread with a double helping of butter, please. And I got no problem. <laughs> and I sorted it out. They're obviously very used to because they've got the, the maternity wards upstairs, they're very used to. Mum's going, give me all of the carbs. Uh, now...
0: Yeah. So was that was Audrey? That was
1: like straight after. It was yeah, like man. sugar
0: and carbs. On.
1: Yeah. It was on. Would you like to hazard a guess? I mean, I know you're you're a fit man. You pay mm. attention to energy mm. out versus energy oh, in. No, I wouldn't out no, versus no, in. What you did, I, well, you I no, you wouldn't.
0: know. I couldn't tell you. I don't. I don't understand calories or kilojoules or anything like that.
1: Would you? Would, uh, okay. But you have a fair idea about how much of a workout you can do before you can eat something? Like how many calories are in a no, workout? No, I don't. Okay. So like 45 minutes of F45 probably anywhere between four and 600 calories okay right? Audrey breastfeeding pulls around 500 calories a day oh wow out of a woman yeah that's amazing yeah it's essentially like you're working out every day yeah the amount of calorie and that's the calorie why women deficit. lose yeah so much weight when they breastfeed the calorie deficit is in yeah goodness. so audrey's like i'm struggling to make sure and what's wild is like if she doesn't eat you know for whatever reason if he's being grumbly in the morning and you know she doesn't get a breakfast in that affects how much how much breast milk she can she can produce buddy i've given you photo. so much milk uh,
0: i believe the rock who's a, a fellow a dad <laughs> A deadpot The Rock, <laughs> Wayne Johnson, he just had a baby recently. He did. And there was a great photo on Instagram of uh, his wife breastfeeding and him feeding her while she's breastfeeding. Yeah, yeah. And he's like enormous, sitting there being the enormous rock that he is yeah. with his tiny little bowl of soup or whatever, very daintily yeah. like, feeding his wife soup. Yeah. It's like, see, yeah. even The Rock has to do that.
1: Yeah, you've got to do it. You've got to get it. You got calories in, calories out. It's like Mary Street Nightclub back in Brisbane, you know, one in, one out. <laughs> basically. Oh, like Mary's, of course. Yeah, yeah.
0: That reference that everyone gets.
1: Oh, well, you know what I mean. Like the nightclub that you know, one in, one out. You know, even if you're with five friends, you have to wait for four other people to leave before you can join them. I know, mate. I know. You're right. You've had heaps. You've had heaps. What are you doing? You're just, you're just up now. You're just up and just having a look around. You've got a bit of a, bit of a gunky eye you at the, the moment. You know
0: the crazy thing, too, about like watching... I think about having a kid is that unless you've had like younger siblings, but even if you do, like this is the first relationship you'll have where from the moment that person comes out, you're going to see every stage of their life, Mm -hmm. you know? And that is such a, a real like head fuck in a lot of ways because it's like, you are seeing the entire development of this person, the entirety of this person, like yeah. their personality form over yeah, time, yeah. their opinions and thoughts yeah, yeah. and attitudes and all this kind of stuff. It's like Great, a, right? it's amazing. But it, it, it makes so much sense why parents kind of have those anxieties or, yeah. you know, what we were you saying in the last episode, that idea of like – The
1: idea of living your, a life with your heart on the yeah. outside. Yeah. Because you know everything about this person. Yeah, yeah. And if Audrey told me – because George is nearly 16 now, she goes, they are who they are when Mm. they come out. You're just there to guide them. Yeah. The idea that you can shape them is is ludicrous. I remember my mum giving me this article that she'd
0: found in some columnist had written, which is really interesting, which is this writer was talking about the hardest thing to kind of deal with as a parent, especially as your kids start to sort of get older and really develop their own personalities, this idea that they are their own individual. Mm you feel like you have some stake in their lives because you created them. But the fact is, as soon as they leave your body, they are their own person. They absolutely are. And they're going to make their own choices and stuff. And you can guide them and try and keep them safe, but you don't really have that ownership. And this author was trying to frame it in quite a positive way, which like there's real liberation in that, you know, and I think the way, you know, my mother, you know, the way her attitude towards parenthood changed over time was she embraced that idea of, well, look, you know what? You're all your own individuals, so uh, if you guys want to stay in contact with me, and you, you know, we, our personalities are aligned and we're, we're friends and that's great, but don't I don't want any kind of relationship that is, like, out of obligation where you feel mm. like you need you need to kind of call me because it's Mother's Day or you need to call me because I don't want an obligated yeah. relationship with you. I want us to be friends, which was such a kind of, like, cool, progressive, bold move, and it, like, it, She worked. I don't know if she was trying to do reverse psychology or whatever, but it just sort of made all her kids go, yeah, cool. I definitely want to hang out with you. Like it was this – there was no guilt involved. She chose –
1: it sounds like she was very quiet, giving you all permission to have that moment.
0: Well, I think for her a lot of it was to do with the fact that she felt like she had a large chunk of her life taken away from her by motherhood. Mm -hmm. Not in a negative way. She chose to do it. But there was like 30, you know, almost 40 years of her life was spent – being a mother Mm -hmm. and then she got to a point where she's like well who am i and you know what's my identity as a 60 year old she had to sort of discover who she was again Mm -hmm. and part of that was like okay well i'm letting go of a role of mother like i you know of course i'm your mother but i don't want that to be the defining characteristic of our relationship i want it to be other things as well and so i think it's uh you go through that period of the caregiver but then there will be a a period of time where it's like well what is our relationship outside of that Mm. you know it's interesting it's it's hard to think of now because he's completely dependent on you yeah but there will be a time where it's like well what's our relationship like as like two individuals
1: my relationship with Georgia has been like I've been known her for nearly five and a half years now and then we've had Twenty different versions of how we know each other yeah, in right. that time, as she's changed and I've changed, and our circumstances have changed. Changes mm. every time. Changes. Well, nothing stays the same. Changes it? every couple of weeks, which yeah. is wild. Just a, a quick, uh, you know, hopefully, update, to <laughs> offer, offer some advice on what's going on. So, remember last time I told you about the five S's that I learned from that, that happiest baby book. Yeah. So swaddle, which mm. you saw me how to do before, side, stomach, shushing, swaying, and suckling if you need to get all the way to there so as you've seen so i swaddle him because he's got that startle reflex so his arms keep flying out and that wakes him up so if you swaddle him it keeps his arms nice and tight so he doesn't wake himself up yeah and then the side stomach position it turns on their basically you're trying to turn on their comfort reflex their self-calming reflex and then shushing, which is another wild thing that I learned from this book, the sound. The, his his theory is that no matter what language you look at in the world, every word for being quiet involves the sh sound. Oh, really? even, Asian, even Asian languages that have nothing to do with Western languages have yeah. the sh sound in there. So, yeah. for the since the dawn of time, shut sh- up. <laughs> <laughs> Has been the noise, uh, which is brings me to what I wanted to talk to you about. We have a like a UE boom, like a little speaker, because mm. it's got a bit more of a bottom end range. But we started using a pink noise app, which mm. is different to white noise. White noise is the same volume across the frequency spectrum, but pink noise rolls off at the top end. But the other day, he was being super grumbly, and I turned the pink noise app on the UE boom and I just turned it on. It was like a light switch. Oh, wow. Just Off, because that's the sound that they hear inside Inside the womb. The womb, there's the Uh, the rushing of the thing. Because essentially, what he's in right now is he's in the fourth trimester. It's the the other three months that happen. Uh, before the development really kicks in or before he starts to kind of come alive, but he's out of the womb. So you basically have to take care of everything and and try and replicate womb-like sensations. I've now transitioned onto a Swiss ball. um, Yeah, if you're wondering why, (laughs) Osha's voice sounds like it's maybe moving
0: a little bit. Slight Doppler effect. Yeah,
1: so I'm I'm bouncing to give him the, the sensation that, you know, Audrey's walking. All right. yeah. and, and it's kind of tapping his butt a bit and you can't quite ah. see it, but his eyes are starting to do the. He's got the heavy lids. Yeah. Right. He just had a – mate, it's – when you've got a few of these things on your belt, like the other night, you know, we got – he was – he just wasn't resting. He wasn't going to sleep after Audrey was feeding him and, and that's, that's tough because I can't feed him at night. But as, as we mentioned in the previous show – your energy reflects off them, and their energy reflects off you. And there was a bit of frustration going on, understandably, because it was three in the morning, and you know, he'd been awake the whole time. And Audrey was, and I felt like such a fuckhead. But I said, "Here, let me t- let me take him." I swaddled him, put him on his side, held him against my chest, rocked him back and forth like from side to side, like this, mm. rocking my thighs, and put the white noise app on. Sleep in five minutes. No. And I felt like such a prick. <laughs> but I said, I'm sorry, honey. And she goes, no, no, no. Your energy is completely different to mine. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. I wouldn't apologize. That's a baby whisperer. <laughs> I don't know, man. Today, maybe. Today, no, yeah. we're, getting, we're getting there. Um, now, oh, there it is, mate. Come on, buddy. Bum pat. Who doesn't love a bum pat? Ah, uh, yeah. Who doesn't love a pat on the butt? Wow. He's getting there. He's struggling. He's, he's trying, to, trying to hold off.
0: He'll be out in a sec That last quote Can be taken way out of context (laughs) (laughs) The the me too
1: Oh come on man (laughs) Who doesn't love a bum (laughs) pat Who doesn't love a (laughs) bum pat He loves it (laughs) Footy footy players seem to love it Yeah they do Love a bum tap Maybe that's what it is Maybe that's where the footy bum tap comes from Maybe Maybe it does Comforting thing Now are you the kind of parent – I know you are a very staunch AFL supporter. I mean, you're the kind of parent that similarly you, you're, you're, you just talked about how your mother was like, I'm just allowing you to choose the nature of the relationship. Yeah. Are you going to allow your child to choose the nature of the football she <sighs> supports or have you gone like, no, that's it. We've got the, we've got the onesie ready to go. It's, look, I mean, if she chooses to follow AFL,
0: which, you know, it's entirely up to her, I feel very conflicted about her following the same thing because I back for the Saints – who are historically one of the most unsuccessful clubs in the history of the AFL. Won premiership in 140 years and just a lot of heartbreak. And I know my experience of it, it's been majority of it has been just like really upsetting. (laughs) So I don't know that I would want her. I would see when I grew up, there was no choice. Like every one of my eight siblings and I had to back for the Saints. It was just like deemed that was who because? you had to I don't know. It's just kind of like that was the way it was.
1: Is it the part of the city you
0: lived in? No, I mean Melbourne is very parochial like that. But there are families where, like you know, all you know, four family members all back for different teams. But I don't know. I wouldn't be heartbroken if she picked another team. But I think it would make the football less enjoyable because. <laughs> if history is any indicator she's going to enjoy success like a lot earlier than i will. Sorry, I raised my voice too loud. No,
1: no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah,
0: no, I don't I don't know. I don't know about that.
1: So, um, this is probably the last time we'll we'll do this before you, um, I have a baby as well. You yeah, have a baby. Well, that's good though. We can keep people. The way people
0: will listen to this. Well, who knows how, how they'll listen to this? But it's it's going to unfold in like you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, like episodic order. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've had the yeah. the the preface, and then you've had yeah. the, the first uh, turning point, and there'll be the second turning point.
1: It'll be great, and then we'll have the joint one-year birthday party where we we'll invite all the fans along. You got to show your blue book on the way in to make sure you're vaccinated. <laughs>
0: Uh, it's time to go to our mailbag. What do we call this? The Cabbage Patch Correspondence, <laughs> Osh? No? There's too many words. It's too many syllables. Well, we'll try and come up with something better. But,
1: uh, yeah, it's time to get to our mailbag. Could be uh, questions. It could be words of advice. Yes. Uh, we've had uh, both, and uh, they've been very, very good. Babies cry a lot. You don't need to rush them. Teaching a baby to sleep could be as simple as taking five to ten minutes out, making a tea, then attending a crying child. Ah.
0: I do. I have wondered about that. I mean... Maybe he's talking about an older kid, but you don't have to immediately attend to the crying.
1: Yeah. I'm sure there's a limit. I'm yeah. sure you don't want them there for an hour. Yeah. Uh, but we, you know, obviously. Five I'm, minutes seems reasonable. I've, I've Five done. To 10 yeah, minutes. absolutely. Like when I'm, I'll get him in the car, and if I'm. I, I put him in the car, it's about a 20 minute drive home. About 10 minutes in, 12 minutes in, I'm past the halfway point, he just starts to wail. I've got the bottle at home in the fridge. All right. Just hold, hold on. Hold on, buddy. Hold on, mate. And it was. Like, I'm pretty sure cars in front of me could hear it. Wow. He was, he was going for it. And not just, you know, the complaining. Like cried. Ronnie James Dio kind of. Totally, dude. It was like <laughs> the mob rules. It was on. And, yeah, then wailing all the way up to my apartment. And Jeremy's got a final point. Hi, yeah. I think this should be on a, on a mug if we ever make merch. <laughs> baby shops are the devil leading you into buying crap like baby wipe warmers. My rule was. If Ikea don't sell it, you probably don't need it. <laughs> wow. Does he work for Ikea? <laughs> sounds like he's a sounds like he's a stooge for Ikea. <laughs> I think he's right, though. The baby wipe warmers is just like, yeah. come
0: on. Yeah, I don't like those baby. I've actually, earlier this week, I made three repeat visits to the big baby place near us. Because, the, the baby
1: Bunnings. It's crazy, right?
0: Yeah, because um, our doula suggested that maybe we get a bed rail for when the baby is in the bed with us and you know just for for safety and so I made three attempts to buy a rail and I kept buying the wrong size rail and then in the end I was like you know what fuck this we don't need this rail I think I just got kind of spooked into thinking we needed everything and it's Mm. like this is something that can wait but you do have that kind of thing like well you know I've got an hour out of the house I'm just going to get everything and make sure we never need anything again it's like just cool your jets Mm. cool your jets don't need to go and I don't like those places. I, I find any of those giant like Ikea, Bunnings, whatever, these mega malls, I always think of Idiocracy. You've seen
1: Idiocracy? Yeah, of course. It's one of the unfortunately the, most prophetically <laughs> terrifying films ever made. But
0: the idea that like, you know, cities just turn into giant discount like stores mm. where you can get lost, that's what I feel like when I'm in those stores. It's like there's so much shit here that we don't need. Landfill, future landfill. It
1: really is. Just give me all – I stood in front of the baby capsules and was like, What's the safest one? Just give me the safest one. In fact, just stock the safest one. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> communist. That's they're it. bloody communist. I osh. don't care. Like, give me the Let sa- the free market decide. Be like Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's is a, is a supermarket in LA. They only have one kind of everything. Yeah. You want corn chips? There's the corn chips. They're really, really good corn chips, but they're corn chips. That's it. They don't Man. have seven different flavors. It's like, that's it. Just give me that.
0: The two industries which I'm built to rot are wedding and baby. Like they know it's such an emotional connection. They know that they can just mark stuff up, guilt, oh, yeah. you, guilt you into purchases, all that kind of stuff. Although I must admit the staff at the warehouse where I go to are pretty cool. Like they've been very nice. I don't feel like I've been getting a hard sell or whatever. But I think just this sheer guilt and fear of the unknown is
1: enough to motivate you to purchase. I thought I was bad at the pet shop when yeah. I just go in for food and like I go, Oh, that toy's really cute. I should bring a toy back for Frank. <laughs> oh, now I've got to get one for Lilo too. Uh, it's worse at the baby shop. Oh, yeah. Because the, the the little aisle. cute the, babies on the on the artwork.
0: So. Yeah, exactly.
1: And the way they program the store so that when you're walking out, you pass all the, actually, no, I do need some of those. Yeah, if you
0: love your kid, yeah, you're a
1: good dad. You'd get, you'd get this. Well, yeah. not those wipes. These wipes are the wipes you want. Yeah. They're, they're going to be covered in shit in 20 minutes from now. We were so lucky.
0: Because so many of our friends had hand me downs yes. and old furniture to give us, which I think, if we'd been the first to go amongst our friends or uh, early, I think we would have been up for way, way, way more than we ended up yeah. spending.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Until like IKEA starts a baby shop, I think we're safe.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right. So each week, Osh, we like to uh, pay tribute to a father—some fictional, some real life—and mm-hmm. this week we've chosen a. Fairly specific example of uh, what a father can be, the protective side of fatherhood. <laughs> Brian Mills uh, from the Taken film franchise played by Liam Neeson. Amazing. A man with a particular set of skills. Amazing. Who will do anything to protect his family. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, I don't think I've ever even seen a Taken film, but I know, I know as much about Taken as I think most of the people know, which is that Liam Neeson goes around kicking people and shooting them and punching them and throwing them through things to get his daughter back, right?
1: Exactly. I think when John Wick was thinking how he was going to go down, he just watched Liam Neeson movies. He just watched Taken a few times and went, oh, yeah, that's how I feel when someone takes my car and my dog.
0: Well, I do think in every, like, man's heart is this sense that, like, if it came down to it, they could be that kind of man who could protect their family. Like, I do think there was a spade of movies for a while which was specifically targeted to kind of, like, middle-aged men. <laughs> it's like this middle-aged male fantasy which yeah. is like, hey, if the shit goes down, you'll be able to, like, defeat, like, yeah. hordes of bad guys to protect your family. Yeah. It's a Harrison
1: Ford complex. It really is. And then you've got to have that – I think every dad has that fantasy of when their daughter – it's always going to be the daughter – goes on their prom or their formal or, or whatever. Or their Euro trip. Or, or whatever. They, I mean,
0: what happens in all those taken films? Like, it's the first one, like, clearly she's kidnapped from her prom, right? But yeah. then she keeps getting kidnapped. Isn't yeah. it by – like Taken Three, if you're Liam Neeson, aren't you? Like, listen, honey, honey. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't believe in victim blaming, but at some yeah, point, you've got to take some personal responsibility um, for this. So I can't
1: keep busting you out of being. But taken. every dad watches those movies and thinks that's exactly how I'm going to talk to the date that shows up to take my kid to yeah. formal. I have a particular, <laughs> particular set, set of, skills, of skills, mate.
0: So Brian Mills
1: slash Liam Neeson, Dad Pod Salutes <laughs> you. <laughs> well, in a couple of days from now, it'll be seven billion and two. Yeah. I'm stoked for you. Thanks, man. You're gonna have a great time and I'll bring you Kurtosh when we come to the hospital. Oh yeah, definitely. And bring definitely. you Kurtosh. What
0: now we had a sign-off we forgot to do last week. We what do. is it? This has been Dad Pod. Go to bed. <laughs> <laughs>